if you are married or you're engaged and you're going towards the route of married or even if you're single and you're listening and you want yearn to be married um the importance of unity is very pivotal it's it's the probably the biggest key to success outside of god I remember first date, D.C. Couldn't wait to take you out. Couldn't wait to be your spouse. Babe, why you lying? You was fronting all them years. You was running. I was ready and was searching. Since you wasn't ready, thought it was a different person. Nah, you was trying to force it, but you wasn't ready either. We was different creatures navigating school, using alcohol to teach. What's up, everybody? Hey, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Love, Love and, and Other, Other Drugs. Drugs. I'm John. And I'm Tanisha. Don't forget to subscribe to us. Don't forget to rate us. We're on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, where we are John and Tanisha, J-O-N-A-N-D-T-A-N-E-S-H-A. And remember to visit johnandtanisha.com for merch and other updates. Back for another week. We are now 26, 26 weeks, weeks pregnant. pregnant. Well, yes, we are going to tell you every says. week what we are. And yes, because this has been a long time coming. 26 weeks. My app says that the baby is as big as an acorn squash. Mm. It's about 14 inches, two pounds. Although we did just have a an appointment this week. And they took a measurement, and I forget what the measurement was. I'm pretty sure they said that the baby was about two pounds, though. They said he they was two it. pounds for sure. Yeah. I don't so know how right long on, was. So we're right on schedule. 26 weeks, that's a long time. That's half a year. How do you feel? I feel like it's been a year. Feel like it's been a year? <laughs> no, I feel like it's I been a half just a said year. It was going I don't know. Quick you're gonna week. call me out. Yeah, no, I feel like it's been a half a year. It's a long time. And I finally see the finish line, which is exciting. We yeah, like John said, we went to our appoint we had two appointments this week. One with maternal fetal and one with the regular OBG. And everything looks good. He's measuring to size for where we are and he we got to see his face he's so cute and it's just exciting he's not too photogenic he doesn't like being poked at he had his hand over his face during his ultrasound sounds about right sounds like how i would be if i was in there and he was moving around a lot away from like the ultrasound, the technician. <laughs> like everywhere she went, he was moving away from He was me, trying so. to do his own thing. Yes. I don't blame him. I told you, I'm jealous of him. Uh-uh. I wish I was up in there, cuddled up, no uh-uh. responsibilities. <laughs> Just, I thought you meant that in another get, way. Get warm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. It. Uh, Every time we have an appointment, it's so exciting. It's nerve wracking um, just because anything could happen and you always want good news. So we're thankful it's been good news thus far and everything's been on the up and up. Um, the baby kind of looks like my sister. <laughs> no, yeah. it's definitely too early to tell that it looks like anybody. Listen, I said that her. as soon as we got out the ultrasound, I said, oh, my God, he looks like Jonelle. And John was like, don't tell her that. Right. So I didn't tell her, but I sent her the ultrasound pictures and she was like, oh, my God, my baby, he looks just like me. <laughs> I was like, I told you she's going to she's going to peep it right away. Right. You were, we're not supposed to. It's so funny gas it we're not supposed to support that <laughs> it's so funny though <laughs> but, 
But um, yeah, I mean, he's going to come out looking like himself and whoever that's supposed to be. But it's so funny to see, like, to actually see features because we knew at this moment in time that he had developed his, like, facial features. So we were looking forward to seeing um, and getting a glimpse into what he's going to look like, which was exciting. Yeah, he has facial features. He can hear us talking. Played him a little bit of my music the yes. other day. We have been playing him music. I've been John's trying music. to talk to him every day. Yeah, it's so cute. John talks to him every day, every morning <laughs> and every night. And you did get to feel him move for the first time. Like yeah. right after we got done recording. Yeah, still only once. But I did feel him move. <laughs> I did feel him kick at me one time. Yeah, John was poking at him and he kicked at him. And I was like, whose attitude is that? <laughs> How you know it was attitude? He might have just been saying hello. He might have been. He might have been dapping you up or something. But yeah, so it's been exciting. Um, we have one more four week appointment, and then we start going every other week. So when do we enter the third trimester? Are we in the third trimester yet? No, we're close. I think in two weeks. Okay. In two weeks, we're in the third trimester. They so say by that's the time- when it starts getting real. They say the second trimester is the it's honeymoon fun. phase. Yeah. So yeah, the third trimester is coming up. And we will be in the third trimester by the time we have our baby shower at the end of the month. Yep. So, yeah. And then I, I get ready to leave work to work from home. Because I work in the office. I think I've said that. Um, to work fully from home the second week of July. And then we'll see how long that lasts before he comes. So Yeah, it's going to be an adjustment for sure. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of stuff we have to figure out, but one day at a time. Yeah, we've been doing pretty good with getting, preparing a little at a time and doing what we can now. Um, and making sure that we make each other a priority, um, our last few months of just the two of us. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, anything else baby related before we get into our topic of the day? Oh, yes. I wanted to shout out one of our followers for reaching out after last week's episode, um, about, Her name is Nina, and she reached out to me on Instagram, and I was so, so thankful because it was just like her words, her kind words, her kind spirit were just right on time. She just so happened, or just so happened to just have a baby, and she actually went, has the same OBGYN, we figured out we have the same OB, and we, and she's going to be, she delivered at the same hospital that we were be, be delivering in. So she just kind of like really poured into me what I needed on that day that, I, that we spoke, and it was just so necessary. She gave me some um, nice tips about, uh what to expect and just reassuring me that I can do this and um, sending me some nice links to affirmations while pregnant and meditation while pregnant. So I just want to shout out her for being on time and being kind. We need a lot. We need more kind people, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you are getting, getting support from people that have, gone through it, especially people who've gone through it recently, because, you know, it can be, if it's something that you did years and years ago, you're almost so far removed from it that you don't remember all the details and all the support that somebody really needs in that moment. So I think that's good. Yeah, it was really nice. And speaking of going through it at the time that we're going through, things are starting to change at our hospital. Yeah. That is one thing that we realized this last visit, too. Essentially, when we first got pregnant and started going to our hospital visits, we had to get our temperature checks, wear masks. Only one support person over the age of 18 was able to attend your appointments. Um, We did not have to do temperature checks this time. Um, We still had to wear our masks. 
Um, but I asked my um, doctor, you know, what the labor and delivery rules are currently. And she said right now they are allowing two people in labor and delivery with switching off. And before it was only one person and that person had to stay. It would be no switching at all. So she's thinking by September, they are projecting that we will be able to have a normal labor and delivery, which is exciting Mm -hmm. and a big deal. Hopefully we won't have to wear masks. Um, So that's very exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of things are going to be slowly getting back to normal yeah a sense of normalcy yeah it's still we still have to be cautious with me being pregnant um right, i'm still very much so going to be in hiding but and and the thing is you can't they're still not advising pregnant women to get the vaccine oh, yeah. not that they're avi- advising again they can't advise either way because yeah. there's no there's not a testing. lot of tests on yeah, it. Yeah, uh, about any any effects that it would have on the baby. I just got my first vaccine this week. <laughs> um, I was a little reluctant at first, but I figured since everything's opening up that uh, it would be, and not only everything opening up, but everything opening up and the fact that you can't get it, you're carrying our baby. So it it makes sense for me to protect myself so that I can also protect the two of you. Right. So, yeah, I started that process. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I haven't had any symptoms yet, but they say the second one is the big one. Right. So we'll see. But, yeah, so moving on to our topic of the day. Today we want to talk about moving as a unit, how to... Uh, the importance of that in a relationship, in a marriage, moving as a unit, and also how exactly to do that. And not necessarily, again, like we said last week, we're not here to pretend like we have all the answers. We're, we're, we're giving you our experience and how we've dealt with things and how certain mindsets and, and, Things like that have helped our marriage, right. and we lean a lot on. We're we're both Christians, so we lean a lot on the Bible as well for our our sense. Not not even as well. That's the first place we lean on uh, in terms of our direction. But in at the same time, we we definitely don't want to pretend like we have all the answers. Right. We we're just we're just. We're figuring it out as we go, and you guys are experiencing that in real time as we record this podcast. Right, what works for us? Yeah, currently. <laughs> but in in terms of moving as a unit, it it can it's already it's definitely easier when you're both on the same page as a as a couple. But I think it can still be. It can still be difficult early on when you're dealing with family members, when you're dealing with uh, any type of any type of outside influence that could impact your because you're so used to when when you're when you're growing up, you're so used to um, looking up to your parents and trying to please them and trying to make sure that uh, you're and wanting to make them proud, you know, and you take your direction from them. They're the, they're the people who, and if if it wasn't your parents, if it was your grandparents or whoever it was, whoever that, that person or people were who helped to guide you and help you help you navigate through life up until that point, they can have they can definitely have an impact on the way that you move once you enter once you enter in, into a relationship mm-hmm. but i go back to the fact that we as as christians believe that um 
as it says in the Bible, eventually you leave your mother and father and you become one flesh with your spouse. So uh, initially that can be that can be a little hard to comprehend until you until you actually do it. Right. Okay, you better take them to the word, boo. Um, yeah. I think I don't have the exact scripture. I think it was Genesis chapter two. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> We're not gonna get too scriptural on y'all, but <laughs> listen, I think we started growing through that in that way when we first made the decision to move in together. Right. Um and we had made the decision prior to telling everyone else, like we had just decided what we were going to do. We had looked at places. And then once we signed, we told everybody what, what we had, what we were doing. Um, and that came with a lot of flack because we weren't married, but initially we knew that marriage was our goal. So it was the beginning steps of us moving in one accord. Um, so when that happened, you know, I know John took flack from his family. I took flack from my family and we both knew we were going to take some type of backlash with it. Being that our, our families are both heavily devout Christians. So, you know, we knew going into it that there was going to come some sort of uh, backlash, but it was what we had decided to do. And that was like our first step as one. Right. In, or in the direction of one, I, I should say. Um, and then we then went and had, did something complete. Like we, we're very much different um, in terms of like, what we do in regard and, and, and then like looking at what our family would expect us to do. So, um, like then we then flipped it and said, we we're going to get married in Jamaica. And my parents were like, why would you guys choose Jamaica? And your parents are like, we don't even fly nowhere. <laughs> so another step in that direction of unity and, Living our life for ourselves, which can be very difficult when, like you said, we seek after the validation and pleasing of our our family, essentially, the people we've known all of our life. So and I and I've seen plenty of times and I'm not saying that 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 this isn't for certain people, because some people it's okay. Um, where they, where couples have lived their lives for, you know, what their parents wanted over what they wanted. Um, but we kind of chose early on to live and move according to what is best for us. Um, so yeah, that was our first step in that direction of moving on in one accord. Yeah. And I think it was, it was still, even though it wasn't going to impact my decision making, it was still hard making the decision because, like I said, you're used to you're you're used to wanting to make your parents proud and wanting them to approve of the things that you're doing, but at the same time, eventually you 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 come into your own person, and like the wedding, for instance, that was something that we we both decided we wanted to do it wasn't like you had to convince me or vice versa mm -hmm. it was it was 100 percent what we the way that we wanted to get married right and we knew that there would be backlash but and, and it's not that we didn't care that there would be backlash but we we had to keep moving forward and trust our own our own wants and desires and put that and put that first. Right. And that was, like you said, one of our first steps uh, of moving as a unit. Mm -hmm. And 
it it can it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Like I was just I was uh, it's a little bit older now, but it wasn't when we were when the interview happened, we weren't recording, but they had that interview a few months ago with the, on, on Oprah with Harry and, and Megan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they talked about that on a much larger scale, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they talked about the fact that they had to do what's best for them. And in their, and in their case, that was stepping away from the royal family, that which was- nobody has ever done. Right. <laughs> After being forced into doing what the royals told them to do. Essentially having that wedding that neither of them really wanted. And they even said in the interview that they actually got married a few days before that. By themselves. Right. Just because they didn't want all the hoopla and all the thing for the for the royal family to be their the wedding that they remember and the wedding that was for them. They right. wanted to do something that was for them. Right. And when you look at that, it's like good for them, you know, because, yeah, there are there's like that path that you have to you almost have to take, especially with being royal. But there's a lot of pressure that comes on from the outside for the new the new couple, you know, coming into a family, forming a family, merging our family. You know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And. There's a lot of money to be spent. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot to it. And if we can kind of take some of that off of each other, and I know like thinking about myself going into the next generation of newlyweds, like my sister, I don't want to put my wants and wishes on you as you make this life-changing decision to become one with somebody, you know? But it's easier said than done because we see it so many times. Yeah. Moms can get overbearing. I, I think that my mom did a very good job with stepping back. I mean, she had her comments because, like I said, it was in Jamaica. She doesn't really travel. She had to shut down her business. Not shut down. She had to make a lot of moves in order to get there with her business and stuff. And so she had, you know, her moments of being like, you know, it would be easier to have everything here. But... When you think about just, like, now that we're having a kid Mm -hmm. and, like, supporting our kid with what he wants to do for his life, it makes you kind of look at it differently. Right. And like you said, that's going to be easier said than done. Right. Like, it's easier for us to say, oh, yeah, leave and cleave. Leave your parents to when when you're a uh, 20-something-year-old young adult and you have been waiting for the moment to have your freedom anyway Mm -hmm. from living under your parents for so long. It's going to be a little different when our son who we raised, who for the past 20 some odd years is now saying he wants to move in with his girlfriend. Right. (laughs) And not necessarily that because I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that per se. But I would have a problem, but but there might be something else that we wouldn't have. We're not going to have a problem with the stuff that we did. No, I I, I think it's funny because when we moved in, like the first week I said, now we have to prepare ourselves for when our daughter wants to move in with her boyfriend. And so I think that that's funny thinking about it now and thinking about like our son possibly coming to us and being like, well, I'm going to move in with my girlfriend, mom. <laughs> yeah, and and as long as I wouldn't I wouldn't have an issue with it as long as it was on done with the same intention that it was when we did it, but it might not be. And yeah, if it's it might not, not be. then we just we have to live with that right. because they they become their own person. Right, and but he can't move back. And there and I'm sure there's going to be <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be situations that where he makes a decision that we that we're like, eh, you might not wanna, or I wouldn't do that, or are you sh-? like? And it's gonna be, and it's probably gonna be something we can't even comprehend right now, where we can't even. Uh, but but there's definitely gonna be things, and marriage marriage is just the main the main instance where they will eventually leave us mm-hmm. and 
truly live their own lives. And I'm sure that's going to be difficult. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's going to be hard for us on oh, a level that we can't even day. comprehend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm be crying the whole week. <laughs> but I think it'd be good cries. Happy yeah. tears. At times. And then at times you'll probably be upset he's that, he's, come see me. <laughs> that he's not doing everything the way that you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, no, they're gonna sure. children rebel. So, yeah, it, you and like your uncle raise said, up a child the way you want them to go. But right. kids, kids are gonna do what they want to do at the end of the day. Yeah. So, and like Uncle Burns said, that you know, kids have their own personalities. Doesn't right. matter how you raise them, they're gonna do right. them. I mean, you're very different from the personality of your, your personalities of your parents. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I also wanted to, because even though it's difficult moving as a unit mm-hmm. when when you agree, because you have all those outside influences and things of that nature, I also think we should talk about how that is moving as a unit when you don't necessarily agree mm-hmm. and how that and how that decision making process is. Right. And. Something I was thinking about when I was uh, thinking about this topic is, I mean, going back to Christian values, there's a couple of ways to look at it. Because on on one hand, there uh, the husband is the head of the household, and it says wives should submit to their husband. And I've seen that misused at times, and uh, this is all in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, because to to me, that doesn't doesn't mean that if if there's a disagreement or anything of that nature, that doesn't mean that the husband automatically wins and it just rules out in my experience it more so means that the husband is the one to have that discernment to take everything in and determine what will benefit the whole based on both parties thoughts opinions and emotions at the end of the day it all the bible also says in that same chapter that the husband should be willing to sacrifice himself for his wife the same way Jesus gave himself up for the church and died for the church. But I've also seen the opposite. Uh, I've also seen it used in a way where, um, like I've heard old couples say, oh, happy, happy wife, happy life. And it's not that, and that's, it's not that I don't want you to be happy. I I like to make you happy. I like when um when I'm able to aid in your in your happiness, but at the end of the day, it's it's still a partnership. And that happiness, that happiness can't be it can't be one-sided. And um I've heard people say the new thing that millennials are saying now is uh happy spouse, happy house. Mm-hmm. And it's easier said than done because you don't always we're we're still we're two different people so we don't always agree on everything. Yeah. And, I mean that's a lot to unpack, boo. Yeah. Um when we're talking about some wives submit be submissive to your husbands. The Bible's not talking about He's talking about a man that's led by God. So that's going to be first. Right. Because if you're led by God, your decision-making is different. You know, you're going to take it to God first. So that's... Uh, uh, not everybody's moving like that. Um, but in the sense of where we're talking about making decisions where we're not necessarily agreeing on certain things, I look at marriage as I hate to say this, but like a compromise, 
you have to be open to what your spouse says and vice versa. Um, It's not a dictatorship. It's trying to come to a common ground to make a decision together. We're not always going to come to the decision-making process um, at the same time, taking the same route. So it just, sometimes we just have to communicate to a different extent to get on the same page. But typically, and in, in our case, it might take a while. You know, like most of the things that we disagree on, we just need to sit on it. Right. Um, because if we're disagreeing, it's because feelings have gotten involved. And... You know, I feel this way and it, the, the feelings start to pile up and you feel that way and your feelings start to pile up. And so it's harder to see the other person's point of view when your feelings are all heavy on you. So taking some time to kind of let some of those feelings go. And I've been open about um, talking to a therapist. Sometimes you can't talk to your spouse right away about something that you have um, an emotional connection to. Um And just hearing somebody that will hear you out, listen to your thoughts and your feelings on it, and then kind of give you that counter of, well, this is, this is how I would go about communicating it in a positive way. So by by the next time you come up, come back to talk to communicate to your spouse, it's less heated. Yeah. I think the key is. That there should always be, there should still be that communication. Mm -hmm. Communication is still always going to be the key. Mm -hmm. And I think honesty and transparency is going to be the key. Right. Because you can't make, you can't make an informed decision as a team unless all of the team emotions and opinions are brought to the table and respected on the same level. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where I think I think it can get if if both if you're looking at it on one side where you're saying uh, wives submit to your husbands and you look at that in a in a way of the wife doesn't always share their thoughts and opinions, mm-hmm. then in my it, in our experience I don't I don't see. I think that that's going to catch up to you at some point mm-hmm. and vice versa. If you're a husband who just looks at it as, oh, happy wife, happy life. And of course, the Bible says give up the same way how it says submission. It says that the husband should give up themselves for their wife. I mean, that's submission, too. But it takes both sides to be able to do that mm-hmm. because if you're just looking at it as that happy wife, happy life, then you as the husband, you might not ever fully share your emotions and feelings because you're thinking, well, as long as she's happy, happy. and it's really, it's, it's somewhere in between. Right. It's, it's like you said, it's a compromise and it's, it can be difficult to balance. Mm -hmm. It's, it's something that like, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll still like like I said, it's not this isn't something that we're pretending to have all the answers, but these are this is how we're working through it. Mm-hmm. And this is what's been benefiting us in in our relationship, in our marriage. Right. Yeah, because there's so many instances that I can think of that outside forces kind of pin us against each other. And I think the biggest thing that I can think of is different upbringings. Um, I know we talk about being equally yoked, but like it's so difficult to be very equally yoked with somebody. Unless you actually grew up in the same household and that. Or are like very <laughs> close family friends. Right. Um, because from the beginning, I felt like we were very equally yoked. But when it came to big life decisions, we were pulled on from our, from our, our family, you know, essentially how we were 
raised. So though I feel like for us, those were our biggest um, outside forces that kind of pulled on us in terms of like making decisions and like what's going to be best for us. Mm-hmm. Nobody else included. Yeah. And like you said, it's not to say we didn't care, but at the end of the day, our parents don't live with us. And, you know, if life goes according, as Uncle Byrne says, according to, you know, how it's supposed to go, they're going to pass before us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make sure that we're living our life based off of what's best for us and then what's best for our family. Just like they've had to do, you know, before us. Mm-hmm. And our own mental health, too. Because that can have a strain on your long-term mental health if you are, if you are always trying to please other people like your parents or even your spouse. If you're Mm -hmm. trying to always please your spouse, if you are the wife who's always trying to please your husband and whatever he says goes and vice versa, it can, it can cause, it can definitely strain your mental health it's it's important to put i don't want to word it the wrong like it's it's important to put yourself first in that sense Mm -hmm. like you still want to keep um you still you still want to treat that other person's emotions like it's still one body it's Mm -hmm. still one flesh but in order for that one flesh to prosper in the way that it's supposed to you you have to you have to make sure that you're properly properly managing your part as well and properly sharing your your part like if you're hurting you have to say you're hurting right if if you feel a type of way about something you have to express that sometimes that's going to result in an argument a disagreement where it's going to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that's going to, it, it's something that's going to happen anyway. And if you let it fester and grow without ex- expressing it, it's just, it's just going to get worse mm-hmm. by the time it does come to the surface because everything comes to the surface. You know, it, what's that saying? If it doesn't, what doesn't come out in, in the wash comes out in the rinse, you know? Oh, I never heard that one. You never heard that one? Yeah. Um, it's the old head saying. I will say that I feel like <laughs> definitely through um, some growth that I've seen you really start to express yourself in that, in the moment um, as opposed to letting it fester. Like I feel like when we were dating, you would let things fester and then kind of like it would bubble up. And now... You're very much so like exp- you express your feelings. So yeah, I think I'd agree I think with that's that. A good thing. I think I'd agree with that because, I mean, especially as guys, we don't like to admit it, but we don't talk about our feelings as easily. So I think, especially the fact that I was when we got together, I hadn't been in a relationship for like. I want to say five years or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's not something that I was actively practicing, uh, actively sharing my emotions. I, I easily can share th- my thoughts mm-hmm. on things, but it's it was a little more difficult for me to share emotions in a vulnerable way. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely something that I had to work on but it was something that was necessary for our our relationship right i definitely feel like it benefits our relationship now um because it's easier to move on from when i know exactly how you feel about something Mm -hmm. um as opposed to like conjuring up in my mind what you might think and you're not really expressing it so yeah it's definitely a good thing I'm yeah. proud of you, honey. Yeah, I I think we've gotten through a lot of things and now we move more solid. 
Like, <laughs> like our family will joke um, in, in the sense of like, oh, well, you know, you guys are a team. So make sure you talk to your, make sure that's not your decision and it's y'all's decision. And I'm like, if I'm speaking on it, it's our decision. Um, so yeah, we're very, I feel like we move more on one accord and I know it's going to get more difficult with having a kid and, and changing up our routine right? and our life being about the baby and not as much as about each other. But I think that we've set a nice foundation to be able to adjust and transition. It's probably going to take some time, but I can see us getting there. Yeah. Yeah, and having a kid, I'm sure, is going to come with its own its own hurdles and its own struggles with having trying to manage our our own lives. I mean, we were just watch we we were literally just talking about uh, the Kim and Kanye situation, mm-hmm. where uh, I know it's it's public knowledge that they said that they were either getting a divorce or they have finalized the divorce. Mm -hmm. And we were just watching uh, on the last episode of the Kardashians where she was kind of alluding to the fact that some of their, uh, or a lot of their struggles were due to them living in two different locations and how that, that strain. And you brought up the fact that that might've worked of like them going back and forth and traveling and all of that, uh, having two separate homes and that, that, that might've worked prior to them having four kids. Right. And you feel like that, that was one of the things that, that helped to put more of a, more of a strain on that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one of those things where, you also have to think about it from the standpoint of we just got done watching uh what's what's our show this is us mm. where oh yeah they um spoiler alert if you have you should if you watch this is us you should have already watched the last episode of the season by now but right. uh at the end they they showed how um Kate ended up divorcing her husband and getting remarried. And they showed in that episode a little bit of, they gave us a little bit of a glimpse of the fact that they both kind of had to find themselves in a sense. And they had to um, find, find what made them happy individually and what helped them, see purpose in in their lives outside of the the marriage and outside of the um the kids like just them as an individual and i'm sure that that was the case with i mean kim and kanye too because well yeah because it also came in the form of moving right so it's like you can't move separately in marriage literally physically and spiritually it's going to pull on your marriage. And it's not to say you can't go places without each other. You can't do things without each other. But big life decisions like, you know, we're going to move to San Francisco. Or I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to follow you. And we're going to live in San Francisco as you get this new job. Or, you know, we're going to buy a house in, new, um, in L.A. And we're going to go back and forth. Essentially, that sounds like a great idea, but realistically, it's very difficult to live like that as one, you know, especially when you're both trying to do it at the same time. Yeah. Like, I feel like Kanye and Kim are both trying to fulfill their own individual purposes at the same time. His right now is in Wyoming. Hers is in L.A. I think it was similar to. And this is us where um, Kate and what's what was her what's his name? The husband she's married to now. I forget his name, but how they were both 
they were both trying to fulfill their own individual purposes at the same time. I think where we saw it kind of work was Randall and his wife, Mm -hmm. where that still put a strain on their relationship. Mm -hmm. And they still, because we're definitely not saying you shouldn't pursue your dreams. You shouldn't pursue your passions once you get married. Right. But they kind, they had to do it one at a time where he pursued his passion in Philly of going into politics and she she had to support him she had to do that but then later on she also had to pursue her passion of dance and Mm -hmm. opening a dance studio and he had to be supportive of that in that moment and they had kids and it was they had to be on the same page as a unit they couldn't uh that and like i said that still caused a strain because it's still two different people with two different life destinies and two different purposes but i think we saw we saw in that show how it can go the two ways that it can go because we're both going to want to better ourselves Mm -hmm. like you're gonna want to seek more uh purpose in your life and i'm gonna want to seek more purpose in my life but it's about how we like taking out the selfish aspect of it and and saying how do we do this? And again, we haven't even done this yet. So I'm definitely not talking like I know how it's done. But I'm just thinking about it like how we should. Like I'm I'm trying to look at other circumstances and, and try to learn from them. And in doing that, we definitely are going to have to make sure that we put the unit first even while we still try to find our own individual purposes in our in our life, which is definitely easier to, said than done. Yeah, and yeah. For like sure. you said, we haven't gone through it yet, but you know, it's something that I'm keeping in mind as we. Yeah, because we will eventually go through it. Right. Um, like I know we've we've been having conversations about possibly moving and what that would look like. Yeah, and neither story. one of us are actualized in our purposes, you know. Right. So it's 100% going to come up and it's going to happen in one way or another. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's all about the compromise too. It's, you know, when we think about Kim and Kanye, they both weren't willing to compromise like either him staying in California or her moving out to Wyoming. Right. And so that's obviously going to strain on you when you have your husband who's living in Wyoming because he's fulfilling his purpose and you've decided to stay in California. Right. And then what does that look like to your kids, you Mm -hmm. know, and what kind of mental strain that puts on them from not seeing their dad consistently. So there has to be some form of middle ground. Like, and I'm not saying we would have the answers in their situation, but looking from the outside in, if your wife wasn't willing to move to Wyoming, like you might've had to find a more local plant. You might've had to have your plan in Wyoming, but not live out there and travel for work. But that's, like I said, easier said than done. Yeah, Definitely, because I'm I'm sure that was their initial conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm sure their initial conversation had something to do with spending partial time. Like it wasn't, I don't think it was the intention for it to be like you long-term there, I'm long-term here. Right. And it becomes like a co-parenting right. kind of situation. And then with but COVID But that's just too. how, right. It's just how life ended right. up happening and that and that's why i'm like i'm trying to be very mindful of that mm-hmm. knowing that neither one of us are fully actualized in our purpose yet trying to keep that in mind that we can't let even though we want to seek out purpose we can't seek out purpose at the expense of the of the marriage of the right. relationship right And we have to find ways to collectively support each other and consistently communicate what our wants and desires really are to each other 
so that we can support each other. And we have to have that empathy for each other at the same time and that open ear so that we know how to support each other. And like you said, it goes, it's that, that's that communication piece. And being vulnerable too. Yeah. You yeah. have to be vulnerable. And honest. I think that's all I have to say on that, honey. Yeah. I think so too. We hope that if you are married or you're engaged and you're going towards the route of married, or even if you're single and you're listening and you want yearn to be married, um, the importance of unity is very pivotal. It's, it's the, probably the biggest key to success outside of God. Um, mm-hmm. and if you're already struggling with being, being on the same page and, um, uniting in terms of who you're with, with your partner, it might be worth taking a step back and just making sure that this is the step for you. Yeah. Don't rush it. Don't force yeah. it. Like, like we've said countless times on the podcast, it's a lot of work. It's, it's not just, it's not just the Instagram photos. It's not just the, the, it, it shouldn't be viewed in the same way that we view like graduating from high school or something mm-hmm. like that to where everybody, to where you're comparing and you think that this is the logical, to, the logical step to take in the grand scheme of where everybody else is in life and how life is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry about how life is supposed to go. Worry about your path. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to be, nobody else can tell you that. Right. You know, you have to do some internal reflection to figure that out for yourself. And prayer. Period. Prayer first, then internal <laughs> reflection. But. Anything else, Bill? Yeah. I think that's all we have for today. So until next time. Try love and, and not, not other, other drugs. drugs. Try love, not other drugs. Try love, not other drugs. Try love. Try love. Try love, not other drugs. Try love, not other drugs. Try love, not other drugs. Try love. Try love. Try love, not other drugs. King and queen, we both got a crown. That's Mrs. I'm a husband now, put some respect on it when we come around. King and queen, we both got a crown. King and queen, we both got a crown. That's Mrs. I'm a husband now, put some respect on it when we come around. King and queen.